Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to a very special episode of Let's Ride with Chris Harris Jr. and Patrick Coyote. Chris, today we have a huge guest, our first guest, yes, really. Uh, this guest is a three time Pro Bowler, three time All Pro, 1998 MVP of the National Football League, 1990s All Decade team, two time Offensive Player of the Year, two time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl 32 MVP. And of course, a NFL Hall of Famer. I am talking, of course, about famed Denver Broncos running back Terrell Davis. TD, what is going on, man? It's so great to have you on this show. What's going on, Chris? What's going on, Patrick? I'm, I'm looking at the uh, the little scroll at the bottom of your mm -hmm. uh, the lower third right there, and it's uh, that's a pretty lengthy. Um, a comp, you know, list of accomplishments. So I'm, you know, come on, man. I'm admiring those. Uh, <laughs> That's not even all of them. That's not even all of them. That's the crazy part. Like, That's no, probably no. half of them right yeah, there. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we're talking, we're Chris, we're talking to a guy that has over 7,600 career rushing yards, 60 rushing touchdowns. He's only one of eight running backs in NFL history to rush for over 2,000 yards in a single season. And yeah, I mean, he's got the twelfth highest yards per game in NFL history. That's insane. This is insane yeah. to think about. It, TD. That's not yeah. bad. That's that's not that's not bad for a poor hustler from San Diego, man. That's not bad for a kid who uh, yeah. who grew up in you know grew up in and played. Uh, I played every position except running back in high school. I don't know if you guys know that. I played no. nose guard, fullback. I was a kicker. I played a little bit of tight end. Played linebacker. And then walked on to the University of, uh, well, actually walked on to Long Beach State. Yes, sir. You know, football program. George Allen was there and, uh, you know, redshirted my first year, but ended up starting as a redshirt freshman the next year. Mm -hmm. And then and then two years after that, man, they canceled the football program. So, uh. you know, we go from Long Beach State to not having a home. And then all of a sudden you got Georgia coming to the picture. Mm -hmm. And I have no idea how the hell Georgia came all the way to California to get me. But... Uh, <laughs> But they did. That's and wild, so, man. I never knew that. Yeah. That's wild right there. I thought you always went to Georgia. You know, no. I always I, from the jump, man. So that's a, that's a crazy story right there. That's why you was ready to come I, in I on special teams hidden. Yeah, I wasn't like you. I wasn't, I wasn't a Jayhawk. You know what I'm saying? I didn't go to the, you know, the conference school. You know, it didn't come from me, Harrison. Um, yeah, man. So, so, so to look back at the journey, I think, is always, is always fascinating. Yeah. Um, to look at players and say like where they come from, mm -hmm. and right. I guess I guess the the bigger message to anybody who's you know watching or or any kid is that there's multiple routes to the same destination. Yes, sir. And, right. You know, a lot of a lot of what we get into as we go down that journey, um, and Chris, you can attest to this, man. Is that it, it makes yeah. you who you are. It's it's that it's the unique experience that you had that made you that dog that make you uh, that made you the player that you are today because. Yeah. I don't know if I, you know, maybe, I don't know if I had come in as a, as a first round draft pick and then, you know, expectations were everything was given to me, or at least I had a chance to prove myself because mm -hmm. they're going to give a first round mm -hmm. draft pick every opportunity oh, to prove yeah. himself, right? Yeah. Right. Whereas for me, man, we, we were, I had limited chances to, to on pretty much on every level to prove that I can, that I belong. Yeah. So long story short, man, it just, it just, I just, right. I just love, um, you know, and hopefully that inspires 
you know, young men and women out there, man, that it, no matter, it doesn't matter where you start. It just, mm-hmm. it's how you finish and what you do with your opportunities, really. Yes, sir. Right. I mean, you, you did it. You accomplished a lot in a, in a short amount of time, all things considered. I mean, yeah. look at your accomplishments, man. You, you worked so hard to get to the, the point of where you were in the NFL and, and working from what the sixth guy, the sixth running back on the depth chart at the beginning of preseason to being the starting that was, running that, back. That was my story. Every, every, every stop yeah. from, from when I went to Long Beach state, I walked on, I was probably seventh or eighth on the depth chart. Wow. I earn my, I, I become, I work my way up to become a starter. I go to Georgia. I'm seventh on the depth chart. I have to work my way up to become a starter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the only person I beat up was Garrison Hurst, and I go to Denver, get drafted there. I'm seventh and <laughs> eighth on the depth chart. So it was the same story with me. Everywhere I've gone, I've had to, mm-hmm. I've had to beat out people, that, and and be right. noticed. Um, you know, to get the starting role. And that's again, I, I I love the journey, man. I love that challenge, and there was something about that role that I I I, I embraced. Yeah. Um, you know, I knew for me, being being uh, a competitor was was in me, man. I love yeah. I love to compete, and I was never afraid. Even if the even if there was a back that that was better than me in terms of like skill level, where I'm like, man, he's talented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never ever once said that anybody that I played against um, that they were going to outwork me. I don't yeah. care who it was. Like that, my whole ment- mentality was. You might be more talented. You might be faster. You probably can catch better. Yeah, but you ain't gonna outwork me. You ain't gonna just you know. You ain't gonna Fact. outwork me. Yeah. It ain't gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, that, that's the that's the attitude, man. And, and Chris and I have had plenty of conversations where he speaks about you know him coming into the league as an undrafted free agent and and how he had to fight for his his yeah. role and his you know his roles on special teams and stuff like that. So hearing your story, yeah. you know, you being one of the players that I looked up to as a as a kid, it's really inspiring to hear, uh, to hear where you came from and your story. And hopefully that, you know, I can pass that down to the kids that I coach in football and Chris can pass that down to the kids that he works with in football. And that's just, that's what it's all yeah. about, man. You got to have that dog. Yeah, I was, was going to say, you're sitting up there with a man who, who whose journey was unlikely as anybody else's. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he, you know, Chris, Chris knows that struggle. He knows that when yeah. he came in there and wasn't drafted, that he had limited opportunity that it was, it, it wasn't paid for him. It wasn't no. where they were going to give him multiple chances. He had to make himself known. You know, yeah. I, always, I always tell these young young people, you know, or these guys in, in, in sports. I'm coaching football now, and it's like, man, you gotta you gotta make not only the you know the, the coaches notice you. Your teammates have to say, wow, man, who was that? Yes. Why 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 isn't he playing? Yeah. And so a lot of times right. you you're, you're proven and trying to. Uh, earn the respect and trust of your teammates at practice. And then once they see it and once they see, wait, there's something we got to get this guy on the field. I always say, you got to be, you got to have that, that, um, you, you, you know, where, where you got to be where just, they can't deny you. Yeah. Right. Right. You got to set yourself apart. You know, right. They just cannot deny you no matter what they try to do. They, they're going to force them. They don't have to give you a chance because yep. you just, you're showing too much. Right. Yep. Right. Working too, too too much work put in yeah. to to not show those results. So uh, TD, yeah. you know I I'm excited to have you on the show. Chris is excited to have you on the show. We got a lot of questions for you. Uh, I want to I want to dive right into it. Okay, Dude, I, wanna, I like questions. I want to dive yes, <laughs> right into this. Okay, uh, you know we'll talk about today's Broncos 
uh, towards the end of these questions. But, right. you know, mm -hmm. one of the big things, and Chris just came from DeMarcus Ware's Hall of Fame uh, induction. I saw him there. Yeah. I saw him there. I yeah. saw him there. Yeah. And, yes, I got to ask Chris a question first. Yeah, though, go I for it. You went to the ceremony, and you were sitting there, and I had met you behind stage. You were walking up somewhere. Do Do you allow your mind to think about that for you? Yes, I do, man. And uh, that sure. was, you know, that was always, uh, you know, the motivation is to try to be a game changer, you know. And for my era, I feel like I was one of the best at my position and uh, one of the top DBs in my decade. So, I mean, it's something I definitely, uh, definitely have aspirations for. And hopefully I just have, you know, the respect from the peers, you know, respect from the guys that I played against. I think I do. So it's just, you know, it's like you said, it's, it's a waiting game. And I haven't I haven't officially retired yet, so it's just you know uh, it's just a waiting game, but it's something that uh, hopefully I pray some it could happen definitely. He's still, yeah, yeah. he still got yeah, one yeah. more ring in him. He still got one more ring in him. Oh yeah, man, I still feel good, man. But you know how they do it now with the with the vets now, you know. And I was gonna ask you a question on the running backs too. Uh, what do you think about the situation that it is now and in, in the game that it is now? How? They're getting treated, you know, uh, as oh. second-class citizen, yeah. you know. And we yeah. know that you can't win a Super Bowl without a running game. That's just not going to happen, you know. So I, what do you think yeah. about what's going on now with the running backs? Yeah, I don't I don't know when uh, this um, – the cahoots, when, when it became this, this collusion. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know when they got together and said, hey, we're just going to stop paying them and – Oh, hey, hey, you, you, GM over there, president over there, uh, owner, don't pay him. Yeah. Don't pay him. And yeah. so they've affected the game in a way that I never thought possible. Um, we all know. And Chris, like, mm -hmm. if you look at just the math, right? Because they always try to, they try to value players a lot of times, especially mm -hmm. wide receivers, on the amount of right. receptions they have or targets. Yeah. Or times they've lined up. You know, <clears throat> tight ends want to get paid based on, on the amount of times they line up outside. Uh, you know, yeah, where they're not the box. The yeah, right. Yeah. So you so so you're getting compensated because of where you line up now. But a running back in every game is typically he's either number one or number two. And he's probably the quarterback is number one with handling football. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but a running back is probably if a running back sees the ball 15 times a game, you don't think that 15 touches are important for that back, right? Or, right. For, or for the team. Otherwise, yeah. you wouldn't give him 15 touches. Mm -hmm. Right. Right? Exactly. If you were a number one wide receiver and you got 10 receptions in a game. That's a lot. That is like, that is a lot. Right. That's yeah. that is the that's the, the standard. That's like, if you get 10 in a game, 10 targets or 10 receptions, then, you, then you're then getting paid top-notch money. Yeah. So what right. they're doing, they're not paying backs off the amount of touches. They're paying them off whatever i don't know what logic and what theory and what, what metric relation, <laughs> what metric they're paying them off of yeah. but you still you but you're giving us the ball enough times where you say yeah you're valuable but we're not gonna pay you yeah and right it makes no sense in my head it just makes no sense whatsoever mm -mm. you know and you said it yes more and more teams are throwing the football but if you could have that what i call a left and right punch Yep. You right. Know, a, lot of, a lot of teams are, are fighting with the one hand, but if right. you can get that that right and left, it makes you dangerous. Now, it's not saying that yeah. if, if you're in the playoff, you're just going to run the ball. No, but it just says that you have options, and yeah. now you, you're fighting 
you know, you got, you, you, you again, you got a left and a right, you got a counter, you got a you know hook, you got a cross, and it just makes you more dangerous. You know, when I played with the Broncos, obviously our team in 97, 98, those years, we had, you know, a, a, a strong running game. We also had a strong passing game. Yeah. Right. So had, it was complimentary. Yeah, we complimented yeah. each other. And there were games where we go into it and we just couldn't run the ball. I mean, they the team right. said, you are not going to run the football. We tried. We, we we had the attempts. And the run just, you know, we maybe it was 80 yards total, but we weren't going to abandon it. Yeah. Yeah. And then we threw mm-hmm. the ball really well. So it opened up the passing game. And then vice versa. We had some games. We come in there and they, they're trying to be slick. and say They're they going to shut the pass game down and we run it. So. Yeah. But the bottom line is, man, the value for the, for running backs. And here's my my solution. I've, I've been talking to people yeah. about this. The solution is this. We have to take players. And someone told me this. I'm stealing their idea. My man Jim Trotter dropped Oh, yeah. Out. I love You're Jim. Yeah. You're on it. Yeah. Jim. yeah. I said, Jim, you know, you work with Jim. Said, yeah. So Jim said, uh, he says, strip positions, strip pay away from positions. Right, mm. you don't see that in basketball, a little bit in baseball because they have pitchers and stuff like that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if you just take, if you just take the take the position off, and now you're paying your best players based off their abilities and not linked to a position. I think that's mm-hmm. that's one of the answers you can do. I think the second thing, uh, if they don't want to do that, they have a guaranteed spend on that position. It's it's similar to the franchise tag, yeah. But the franchise right. tag is based off the the average of the the five highest, yeah. You know salaries, yeah. And that can be manipulated, right? Yeah, you can manipulate. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what I'm saying is, we we already established it's quarterback. It should be running back still. So quarterbacks get their fifty million. That's it. They get capped at fifty million or whatever yeah. it is. Backs need to spend. They need to spend. You know, let's say it's twenty million on backs in that category. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. you can. Get your bell cow, put them in there. So, man, I know it, it could be flaws in, in, in that little, you know, that's all. I like that but structure. It's a start, man. It's yeah. a start. Right? Because that way, the guys aren't fighting and, and doing this stupid franchise tag, which yeah. I don't that's know. what's messing us up right there yeah. is the franchise no, it tag. It is. Yeah. yeah. PD, you mentioned baseball, and it's so funny because when you think about baseball contracts, pitchers are generally the highest paid players in the sport. They play once every five days, but why is that? <laughs> because of the toll that it takes on their body. Yep. And you think about mm-hmm. that in terms of running backs, you teams are using running backs. The top running backs are getting 200 carries a year. That's a lot. That's a lot exactly. on your body. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, why, why are we not going to pay them? We're so worried about quarterbacks and their bodies and preserving them, yeah. but we're not worried about, these guys in the running back room, like it, it doesn't make sense to me at all, man. It doesn't it, make sense. And it's, it's, it's getting worse too, because, yeah. and then you start the fifth year, uh, you know, uh, fifth year yeah. option. On, on Come back. on. Yeah. You can, you can literally get a first round running back. And that's why to me, I'm like, I'm surprised more teams just don't draft running backs in the first round. Right. Because you now have a fifth year option on that player. And then you can give them a stupid, a, a ridiculous franchise tag yeah. in years. So you got a running back for six years, six of his yep. best prime years. And then after that, you can say, okay, I'm done. We're walking Bro. away from it. That's going on with Josh Jacobs. That's what yeah. he's going through right now. You know, he's a guy that should be a highest paid running back in the league. And, and he's just not – there's no way the Raiders are competitive at all without Josh Jacobs. So seeing him – him, one of their best players. How can this guy not be compensated for that? 
So th- those are issues that we're seeing around the league that's frustrating. Yeah, it's it's nuts, man. Uh, TD, I, I want to shift to the Hall of Fame, and I want to shift to uh, the Broncos. You played with multiple Hall of Famers in yep. Denver. John Elway, uh, Mark Schley, you know, mm-hmm. you, you played with a bunch of guys that are Hall of Fame caliber guys. Was there someone on the Broncos who isn't currently in the Hall of Fame, but really should be in the Hall of Fame that you played with? Uh, yeah, this is it, it, there's a lot of guys. I mean, let's let's go number one. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll stick with players. I think yeah, I think Rod Smith Thank should you. be in the Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, I, I think Rod Thank Smith you. is going to be there one day. Uh, yeah. he's he's fighting a you know uh, uphill battle that's wow. that's severe because of the amount of receivers that are in the pipeline right now, and they're all dang good you mm-hmm. know receivers. But he doesn't he gets overlooked a lot. Um, you know I'll, I'll say ride off the start, but then I have to go to my you know my head coach, my head coach Mike Shanahan. Yes, you know he's not in the Hall of Fame yet. No, Man. and they oh. didn't they didn't put him in this year either. Make it this year either. So, how many coaches have back to back championships? Two. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, many. Hey, yeah he should definitely be in. That's it. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, it's insane. Um, yeah, they, they, no, I thought Jimmy, the Jimmy's got back to back. Jimmy, Johnson, yeah, the Jimmy. Cowboys, Jimmy, did yeah, Jimmy okay, uh-huh. so, three. so we're it's three. Uh, Played. no, I think you got to go back to like, um, uh, the, well, the Steelers. Steelers, Steelers has, um, yeah, yeah. Green Bay well, probably I mean, got some back to backs in the in the in the active back in the 60s, though. That's in the active yeah. era. In the active era. <laughs> yeah, but no, Woody, yeah, I mean, Woody, Woody, yes, Woody, yes. But but the bottom line is yes. I mean, with two back to back, and, and I think and I think I think people stop right there. They say, oh yeah, he won back to back. But they don't. The, all the winning seasons that Mike Shanahan had, um, and then what he's doing now with with basically his coaching tree, you yeah, know, right, with, packed. With, with his son and right. you know, I mean, all, all these coaches who are winning, who are winning, you know, Super Bowls. You know, Sean McVay's out there, yeah. and, and all these coaches all stem back to what Mike has created. He was just a, I mean, he was he was my best coach I've ever played for um, on so many levels. So yeah, I'd say Mike Shanahan, but uh, yeah, my buddy Rod, uh, I think Rod Smith should, should be yeah. in there one day. One of the best receivers I've ever watched play football, man. Truly, just yeah. Right and hard worker too, came from super small school, worked his same, butt off. Exactly, you know. Same, same. You know, you got, you got, you got to start from somewhere. He started at the bottom. You know? <laughs> yeah, he the right. Bottom. He, yeah, he worked. The, the crazy thing about it, I remember when we we uh, my second year in the league, and and funny thing about go back to the other stories. Rod was actually on when I made the special teams tackle at the yeah in Japan. Japan. Yeah. So Rod is number nineteen. And he's right next to me <laughs> as we run down the field. And he was the one that that showed me where to line up. I had I, I yeah. had never no I'd done kickoffs in high school, but I had never done kickoffs with the Broncos, so I didn't know exactly where my where to line up. And so yeah. he was the one that showed me where where to line up oh. uh, on that play because they they told me just go in there on kickoffs. <laughs> so I, I put a rod for putting me down there, and then and then I he got you know he was like, hey man, he was he was right behind me about to make the tackle, but. He was just a little. He was just a little too slow. He was hey, a little too slow. Got to got to work harder. Got to work go harder. <laughs> oh man! So speaking of preseason and and special teams, you know, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, how do you view special teams today in, in today's game? And and 
you know, what kind of impact do you believe that special teams has on a, on a player's career long-term? Yeah, it's, they're trying to, they're trying to kill it. Chris, you know, it's, it's like, as, as, you know, especially the return game, uh, kickoff return. Uh, and I get it. I, I am a hundred percent behind the yeah. reasons why they're trying to take kickoff returns out of the game. Uh, but it's, you know, again, I have to say if they take off kickoff return when I'm playing, I may never get a shot to play. Yeah. Because that, that was my that was my entry into uh into the sport. Yeah. And there's a lot of a lot of players who count on special teams and getting those reps and and trying to make a play on special teams so they can get noticed. And if you take that away, then your only opportunity is on offense or defense, and that's that's slim. Like you yeah. don't really get those reps. Yeah. So um I hope they continue to keep it around, man, so that, you know, it's and, and it's exciting. It's still one of the more exciting plays of, of the sport. Definitely. Still watching either the kick, um, you know, punt return. And now they have this thing where you're, you're straight kind of just uh, – you're kind of waving waving the ball there. They can, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the college stuff. So <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, still, I still like the action. I yeah. still like that action. No, for sure. I, I think special teams is so crucial for – you know, guys that are trying to make the roster and and undrafted guys like Chris came into the league and he had to, he had to produce on special teams. You have to be the guy that can jump in for reps. And, um, you know, as a as a high school coach, that's one of the things that I really tried to instill in these guys that were kind of, that weren't getting reps on offense or defense and just kind of standing around. And I'm like, you got to you got to do something like you have to be able to do something. Otherwise, you're you're just gonna fall into the fold. So make your mark on special teams. Get really good at special teams. Show your dedication, and then that will pay off. Yeah. Whether you play offense or defense or whatever other area of of the game that you go. Cool, man. My first my question was gonna be, man. I know it's hard to win back to back. Who was that secret piece? Because you know you don't ever have the same team every year. You know it's always a new team um, in the NFL. So who was that key pickup that helped y'all get that back to back? You know, a secret pickup that some people might not know. Yeah, uh, a, a few guys, but but there was one guy was uh, you know Seth Joiner. Seth Joiner, yes, yeah. we remember that. Seth Joiner was actually playing. He played for the Green Bay Packers the year we beat him. Yep. Yeah. He came, he came. He came on over to the good side <laughs> after that, um, mm-hmm. and no one talks about him a lot. Mm-mm. around Denver, but I thought he was one of the more uh, vital pieces in our second run. Yeah. You know, he came yeah. in as, I mean, ridiculous, like DN linebacker. Um, I mean, highly, very, very talented guy. But I think his 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 personality blended in really well with, with uh, what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And he was hungry, man. He wanted to win a, you know, wanted to win a Super Bowl. And yeah. so adding right. him as as that, that additional piece, um, you know, it, it certainly helped us, man. You know, we were we were already pretty dialed in because we had lost to Jacksonville the year before. Oh, mm-hmm. on it. And I'm telling you, I that was the greatest loss I had ever experienced in my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard most say, well, players you guys, say that. You guys could have won. Yeah, people like you could have won three in a row. And I go back to I don't I don't believe we win those two championships yeah. if we didn't experience that pain. Yeah. Right. We were a good team, but man, we had that wake up call, and that that was a a constant reminder for 
as long as we can remember, we were always still pissed off at that game. No matter we won championship, we still mad at that losing that game to Jacksonville. Yeah, but it right. Helped. Yeah, that helped us, and so we were, and you know, we we just we were we were blessed too. We had a lot of great personalities. We had people that could handle success. Um, you had guys that didn't matter what whether we you know, Chris. We I mean we won. We were just, I think we had, I think the Patriots broke our record. We won, I think, 18 straight. I mean, we didn't lose, yeah. man. We, we yeah, just yeah. kept winning. Yeah. And so, you Balling. know how tough it is to keep yeah. winning, man. Like, you know, you, it's hard because there's little, because it's human nature to ease up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. You have success. You know, you might go to practice. You might sweep something under the rug that you guys, you know, maybe you made a mistake, but you don't watch the film, you know, yeah. you don't correct the mistakes. And so, a lot of things just just they just build up, and you're like, wow, we you know we won all these games, but it takes a mature group of guys. Yeah. It takes right. guys who are not sitting there patting themselves on the back after a win, and they still have the bigger prize in mind. And for us, we'd always had the prize of yeah. I mean, Mike did a fantastic job of, of mentally preparing us and having a mindset that it wasn't about winning games. Yeah, man, it was about championships, and so. Hell yeah. yeah. We just, What's we crazy won. is is yeah. Um, yeah. looking at you, looking at Ron Smith and Shannon Sharp. Y'all all got that got it from you know the bottom, you know, yeah. story. Y'all stories are all kind of similar, you know. Yeah. And I can see that having that mentality on that offense, you know. That's why y'all were so dangerous. It's y'all three had that that mentality that just gelled together, you know, it was perfect for the system, man. Yeah, man, but think about it. Because RT, we, we used to call ourselves the the misfits, man. We yeah, yeah. Think about it. Ed McCaffrey was, I think, Ed was a late yeah. round draft. Yeah, cut by the Niners. I think he was uh, signed with the Giant Giants and went yep. to the Niners. So he was he bounced around. Yeah. Um, right. You know, we had we had you know Shannon again was a seventh round draft pick. Tom Nalen was a sixth round draft pick on oh. the offensive line. Uh, you know, Marsh Larrick was backing up, and I mean, we had all these guys. You know, we had, you know, Brian Habib and we had Danny Neal and, you know, we had yeah. Tony. So we had a bunch of guys that really weren't. I mean, obviously we had, we had you know, the spoke, which was Elway. I mean, you know, right. we getting, that yeah. was the spark. That was yeah. the, the spark to the flame. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. Had, you had seven as the anchor, but around yeah. that anchor, you had a bunch of guys who were like, you know, t- talented dudes, but we just, we just had a similar mindset. Right. And, and, we, and the biggest thing that we had, that I don't know if a lot of teams have is we had guys that, and this was a genuine thing, man. If, if, if I didn't play well, I felt like I let my teammates down. Right. And mm-hmm. that was the biggest disappointment to me was letting those guys down. Yep. Not only the guys on the football field, but all my, you know, my entire team. So the accountability thing was there. We always wanted to be accountable to each other. And, the, but the bottom, bottom line, man, we had a great damn time. We had, we had. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Have fun, and you gotta have you gotta it's have right fun. Well, right. If you're in, if you're in the struggle the whole time and you never take a minute to enjoy that, you're missing. Something. Right. Yeah. And so That's when y'all when you guys were when to see you, y'all had a yeah. good time, man. Well, now, yeah, man. Fun. Let me see that ring, buddy. It goes by fast. <laughs> oh man, I put mine, man. I keep mine in the chest, man. It's... What that big old thing at, man? I, I, got I saw your boy David Gruden the other day, man. I said, let me see that ring, man. Yeah. Yeah, man, I know that. I know that fifty is nice on there. Seeing that five oh, nice. on there, that's yeah, nice. 
Um, I think they should. I think they should trade in this year. We got the 25th anniversary of. Oh yeah, we had it last year. Mm -hmm. I'm recommending that the Penner Group and that uh, the Walton Group they 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 give us some new rings. Come on, man, they got it. We trade these things in. Because these things are they're outdated. They're they're just they're super tiny. Let's you see. can't see them anymore. You got it. I, I got bad eyes. I can't even see. Come on. <laughs> welcome to the NFL yeah. ownership. Come on, man. It's time to y'all got to give y'all welcome and grace the back to back champions with some new rings, they, man. They got that Walmart money. <laughs> they got that Walmart money. They, to, oh yeah, we could we could get you bracelet. Like I mean, we could bring you up, man. Let's <laughs> let's. Let's listen. What did say? Let me let me up let me upgrade you. No, no. Yeah, come on, man. I honestly, I I think that that's that's not a bad suggestion. The ownership, the ownership yeah, ownership, they want they want to bring more of that like historic Broncos feel to the the organization now because these last six years have not it hasn't felt it hasn't felt like the Broncos of old. Like when mm-hmm. you, know, you got to see Mister B in, yeah. in in like the heyday of that whole mm-hmm. organization. And Chris, you were kind of at the tail end of it, but it's like, yeah, that was like the, the Broncos were in it every year and he made sure of that. And I feel like the Walter Penner group, they want to take it back to that place, but it's like, it, it, in order to do that, you have to respect the the history and the culture um, and bring all mm-hmm. of you guys back. They, they got to do they it. Yeah. And that's yeah. what, and this is what I love about this group is that they they have reached out, they've embraced that. Um, they are they are doing things. They're doing things now. They're going to be different than what you know what Pat did because and, yeah. and they should no be because they're not the same um, not the same people. Mm-hmm. But Pat, what you felt here was the family. It was a family. It wasn't mm-hmm. about the bottom line. It wasn't about looking at spreadsheets and saying, "Hey, you know, we can make money doing this or that." Yeah. Pat didn't. Pat said. If it helps us win, he's gonna spend it. Yeah, That's, mm-hmm. that was his philosophy, yep. and, so, and he was, and he made sure. Uh, along with when Mike Shanahan came in here, Mike was like, "Hey, th- we are going to run a first class organization." Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you say that you're like, "What does that mean, first class?" And then you start to see what Mike was doing, and you know, it, with Pat's blessing, Mike go to Pat. Hey, Pat, players need their own room, and this is a small thing, and but, mm-hmm. but it's huge. Yeah. So on the road, when we travel, we didn't have roommates. Mm. A lot of teams have roommates on the road. People say, well, what's the big deal with that? Man, you prepare differently. Chris might prepare the night before game a lot differently than me. Yeah. He might mm-hmm. be a guy that's playing video games at night. He might want to play music in the room. Mm-hmm. So right. my, my preparation started, and most players' preparation starts the day before. Like your true mental going through the game, yeah. You got it. So to me, I need to be alone in my room. Mm-hmm. I don't like to sleep. I like to relax. I don't want to have to talk to anybody. So to me, that was huge. That was that was huge. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And then he would. They would pay for free movies for us, so we didn't have to bring oh, the gosh. credit card and work. It's like yeah, <laughs> so you, get cheap, you get two free movies. You know, some folks are trying to use those movies for other things, but you know, you can't go. You can't go to that other channel. You got to yeah. see it. <laughs> so. Um, TD, do you see any similarities between, you know, Sean Payton and and the Broncos this year and Mike Shanahan and and how he coached your Broncos teams? Yeah, yeah, I, I spent some time with Sean about an hour uh, myself, Rod Smith, and and uh, I believe Steve Atwater, and we were just oh, talking so to Sean, and, and, and yeah, and just the way he, 
he talks and his, um, you know, his philosophy, it, it sounds like a little bit of Mike, mm-hmm. um, you know, where he's not big into the showing you what you're doing and it's, but it's the detail stuff is he's very detailed and, and, and little things. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. Mike's was that, you know, we, we're going to leave, uh, we're not going to leave any stone unturned. And so the details that, you know, that Mike has right there, you see the same thing um, mm-hmm. Love it. You know, from, from, from Sean Payton. Um, and then he's, he, he, where, where he's mindful is he understands people. Yeah. You know, he understands players. He understands that this is not just him asking you to go out there and do things. He's very uh, involved in the players, understanding their, their backgrounds, who they are, what makes them tick. Um, mm. Making it where, okay, we understand that players might need this when they come off the field. We got to make sure players have this, you know. So, Sean, right. that's what Sean, Sean does not only the football stuff on the field, but he does all the operations around, whether it's the stadium stuff and it's the locker room stuff. It's, mm. it's everything. But, and Mike, man, to our team, Mike was, Mike was, he was fabulous, man. He was awesome. You know, we, when I first got there, we would go to lunch. We didn't have a lunchroom. Yeah. We would just mm. go down to Wendy's or McDonald's or something. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and players would leave. You have to leave campus or leave the building and go find some food. Yeah. And then Mike was like, Mike was like, no, we're not doing that. So Mike ended up um, asking Pat, hey, can we get, can we have catering? Can we bring food here? Mm-hmm. And sure enough, I said, yeah, absolutely, 100%. If it makes us, if it'll help us win, we'll do it. So we started bringing, they bring cater trucks and they would cater. It was a very small room where we would play cards in, but he would bring food in there. So little things like that, right, where you're not going out there eating junk food. Now everybody's eating food that's, the, you know, you got a, a, a right. plant, greens, yeah. you got mm-hmm. you know, chicken brush got whatever changes the game you know, yeah, yeah and they, they, they brought the protein shake in so mike would be I mean, to a t he just did everything to make sure that oh. hey whatever you guys need it was going to help us win i'm gonna get it we had the largest i think staff in terms of help we had we brought in biomechanics we had masseuse we had, masseuse, we had Dr. V. come on everything yeah we had everything yeah. And so all of that was was intended to help the players where they didn't have to go outside and spend their own money on this stuff. It was yeah. all in-house. And he was going to try to make you the best athlete you can be. Uh, remember EAS was the first you know sports performance company that was yeah. based out of Denver? He brought them in. So yeah. we had a protein. We had protein stations and stuff. So wow. this is all before, right now. It's ridiculous. Right now they got this. Yeah, it's, it's the impact. Right it's the impact. The Shanahan. He was like the start of it. He was like the... Yeah. He was the guy that sparked all that thing, all the stuff that you need. And um, just going around and asking guys around the league, we always had the most stuff to be able to, you know, keep guys healthy. You know, I mean, Greek had a, you know, he always had a solid team. You know, we always had the best, uh, you know, we had the Kyle Chambers and all the different things that they had. So uh, we all, they always did the, try to do, you know, to stay up there with the league and giving us the best ways to stay healthy. And it's crazy because we've been having a lot of injuries the past couple of years yeah. uh, with all the resources that we have. So it just lets you know football is football, man. It's, you, it's hard to – you can't stop injuries, right? No. It don't matter no. what you have. But uh, Denver does Denver does an excellent job of getting everything that you need as a player to be able to, to succeed out there for but sure. I'll, I'll, say, I'll, I'll say one thing, and I don't know if it's a theory or, what, or whatnot, mm-hmm. but – goes back to injuries mm-hmm. and i think part of the injuries in my my in my um theory mm-hmm. is that players train a lot a lot of you players train all over the place now right you know, exactly. everybody trains all over the place 
Mm-hmm. And right. so what happens is it's hard for your 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 trainer at the at the facility to keep up with who's doing what. And so right. a lot of guys are just training, thinking they're I mean and bless them, they're training, but their training is not meshing up with what they're actually doing when they come back to football. Right. And, right. Uh, and I think that's it's being counterproductive. Mm-hmm. So for what I what we did here, we all trained for the most part. Shannon was the only one that trained in, in Atlanta. But we, mm-hmm. most of us, during the season, off season, we all trained in Denver. Yeah, and so that's that's one theory I have. Right, like, you know, people they doing individual training all over the place. Yeah. The second theory I have is that, man, y'all don't hit no more, man. Y'all <laughs> yeah. Don't hit no more. Yeah. So right. you, go, you gonna get used to hitting and being hit if you ain't hitting? Like, yeah. Like, like you what gotta you, you gotta callous yourself, man. And so yeah. we. We would, you know, we, we didn't smack a lot with Mike. We we smacked during training camp. Yeah. During the season, we only had a couple of periods we you know we put pads on. Mm-hmm. But I just don't see teams in general, and I know the CBA and all this stuff. You can only have so many days in pads, but that could be to me. I'm like, we we got to get these boys tough again. We got we got to get these boys, yes, sir. You know, get them calloused a little bit. Yeah. Right. No, absolutely. I think that I think that Sean, you know going from last year and, and even, you know, a couple of years before that attitude of the physicality and training camp certainly changed this off season for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's still difficult to see, you know, injuries happen, but, uh, TD, I, I got to ask as a running back, are you shocked by how fast Javante Williams has come back for the Broncos f- following his ACL injury from last year being a hundred percent? No, no, I'm not, I'm not shocked. Um, uh... But I talked to him. Um, I just kind of, you know, asked him how he was doing. I was at practice one day, yeah. And I, he was mm-hmm. he was standing on the talk a little bit, and and um, I've been in that situation before. And right. the one thing that what I don't want him to do, we all do it, is that we rush back because yeah. we are we're on our own. This there might be two uh, factors. One is internally you want to get back, and that's you do. Yeah. But the, the externally. It is a little bit of pressure that maybe no one's putting on you, but you know it's there because you, you know, this is a, this is a sport where if you don't play, man, somebody come and take your job, they take your job. Yeah. So right. You know what I mean? They're not yeah. gonna wait for you home. Yeah. Um, you know, they'll wait, but if somebody's performing, then you can be dispendable. Um yeah. right. So I guess for so for me, I, I just told him this. I said, I remember the first time I came back, real short story. Yeah. And I came back and I remember I felt pretty good in training camp. And but I I felt pretty good, but it was just something just just off. You know, mm-hmm. when I would try to make a cut, my mind, the signal from my brain to my leg didn't didn't react as fast as it used to. Right. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, dang, I'm cutting, I'm cutting. I, I feel pretty good. And then I, I was then I, I would watch tape and I would see it. I'm like, man, there's a I'm not, I'm not as yeah, my my, my feet aren't alive. My yeah. cuts mm-hmm. aren't I felt good. I, I was I had cleared. It was 100%. I can go play. But there was something that was missing. I was cleared as a regular, you know, human being, but I wasn't cleared as a as a, you know, world-class athlete. Right. Because right. I, I didn't have a full off-season of just training. I was, yeah. I was I would have been rehabbing. It's a difference. Yeah. So I just told him I said, "Man, listen, I know it's going to be tough, but you have to come back at your own pace." Yeah. Like don't let other people dictate a timeline for you where you where they're telling you you, you should be back and you know, full strength in six weeks, whatever. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. you come back when you feel like you're 100%. I said, what's going to happen is you're going to look back on this. You'll go through the season 
and and hopefully god willing you go through the season and you're healthy you'll look back next year and be like you, you're gonna feel so much better you'll be like oh i thought i was healthy last year but i'm right. really this year because yeah. when you've been up when you've been a one for so long and you finally become a seven that seven feels real that seven feels like it's a 10 and it's not yeah right so it's- i said just be careful when you come back yeah not to not to push it too much go at your yeah. own pace a lot of people try to push you and and uh and hopefully i, I mean i just i hope he, i mean we've yeah. seen guys come back i think adrian peterson yeah came back AP. at two g's right. in one season so it's he could be 100 yeah yeah, yeah. He'll be. Yeah. but we'll, I just want to make sure that we'll, he is. We'll see. We'll see. Just, um, just to add on with TD, let me add on with TD with yeah. Williams. It's just, you know, it's his first year carrying the load, being the head yeah. guy, you know, so he has to prepare his body for that too, right? Yeah. Carrying the load your first time in your career, being the number one guy, um, taking that toll on your body throughout the whole season, right? So it's, you got he's he has to prepare his mind to carry the load and mentally and be physically ready to do that, like TD said. So he has to come back. He wants to. He has to make sure that he's fully ready to go to be able to carry the load. Definitely. Go ahead, Pat. And just be able to run through a tackle, man. As simple yeah. as that might seem, it's hard. Yeah. It's 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 like it's a different feeling to be able to try to run through tackles, and then you got you know eight hundred pounds of just people piling on you, and you're trying to drive through that stuff. Come yeah, on. It's going to be a true test. I think he's playing yeah. uh, preseason. So Yeah, he's playing. He's going to play this I, I, I weekend. See, yes, I want to uh, see that. Okay. Yeah, yep, it, I that's, see that. that's what we're looking for. So, TD, this section of the show, as we come to our close, this is my favorite section of the show. We call this show, uh, this section, the no-fly zone. And this is where we kind of, we stay in football, but we make it a little more personal. Um, oh. And, Uh-oh. Um, you know, I I was reading up on you and, um, I I had no idea, you know, about your, your childhood and and your come up. And it, it really made me respect you because I, myself, I'm a big brother. Um, and you know, you're one of eight kids. You experienced the loss of a father figure at 14. I can't even imagine that. You know, Mm -hmm. I want to know from you, how did you grow from that as a as a teenager and as an older brother taking on that responsibility. Yeah. Well, I was, I was, I was, uh, I mean, I was young. I was the youngest at the time. Mm. Uh, We, I Mm. adopted brother and sister. So it was six boys at the time and I'm the, I'm the youngest. Mm. You don't ever, you don't ever envision your parents dying at that age to see your parents. You know, my dad died was, it shook, it shook me to the core, man. It just completely threw my life into a tailspin that, that I had, I had got myself into some trouble, man. I stopped going to school. Uh, you know, I quit football. Started started hanging out with some, you know, doing yeah. the dumb stuff. Hanging out at two o'clock in the morning. We we had we had little you know, my buddies would we would find guys out at the liquor store and we pay guys to go in the store and get us some you know some Mad Dog twenty twenty. So we would I mean I was I was doing some stupid stuff, man. No, stupid. not the MD. MD MD twenty twenty man. Let's go and on. But you're a teenager, and so you don't know. I didn't know how to handle it. Yeah, my right. mom was working two jobs. Yeah, uh, my brothers. We all kind of, we all kind of, we all kind of got off off track a little bit. And then I had a situation where I had a, um, I was out at a party, coming back in like two o'clock in the morning, and you know, next you know, I got a, somebody's pointing a gun at my head, man. Somebody's got a double barrel shotgun at my head. 
Mm. And, you know, I was able to get my way and get out of that situation. But that that scarred me that that moment. And I went back home and I, I, I remember I was laying in bed and that was, you know, four o'clock in the morning. And I remember thinking, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. And it's like that was kind of my scared straight moment. Mm-hmm. And after that, it was like it was almost like God had had choreographed this because the, the next day, a longtime friend of mine who was my Pop Warner coach, I hadn't seen in years. Mm-hmm. I ran into him and he's like, man, what are you doing? And, he's like, and I said, I'm, you know, I wasn't playing football. He said, man, you need to get your butt back to playing football. <laughs> and so I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I started taking steps to change my life. I, was, I had flunked out of the school I was at. I am transferring. You know, I tried to stay there and make up the grades, but my teacher, they, they'd already known who I was as, yeah. a, as a student. So it was hard to, to, to erase that memory of me. Mm-hmm. So I ended up transferring schools, man. And, and that was the moment I just got back on track, started playing Good. Uh, ran track, got back into football. Discus. Um, yeah, did the discus. Yeah. I did the shot put with yeah. the discus. Man, how you know about that? Hey, that, was, I, that was good. Hey, <laughs> I did my research, man. I was, I, was football. What? I was just a football player. I wasn't a running back. I was a yeah. football player. What position did you right. play in baseball? I don't play baseball. It's they said no, you play. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Every here's the deal. <laughs> Chris knows it. You go to any locker room, yeah. Pat. You ask any pro football player like what other sport that's that they could have gone pro in literally one of my questions they're gonna say the nba one of my questions (laughs) everybody's got a sport so let me answer the question for you i'm gonna answer now zero it was it was football or bus for me brother it was no i i was not that dude who can play basketball i couldn't play baseball um you know decent at soccer but there was no other pro sport Mm-hmm. But football, mm-hmm. and so I'm, yeah. I'm I'm one of yeah. I, everybody, Chris. What about you? What, what sport? Basketball. You know, I'm gonna say that. I had offers in basketball, so you know I could have went either way in college. But football was definitely football is definitely the best choice. Yeah, yeah. I had some basketball clearly, offers clearly. coming up. Yeah, yeah. Football. Is, I never grew. If I kept growing, then of course basketball. But five eleven, man, that ain't gonna work in the NBA. Only one, though. Only, I'm, I'm probably the only one who said that I know the sport, man. Zero. Uh, last question here for you, TD. Uh, it, you know, I just want to say thank you so much. Um, y- your time has been awesome. It's been great to hear yeah. uh, everything that you've had to say. All, all of your insights, amazing. Um, I got one last question, and I got like a half question for you. The Super Bowl, Super Bowl 32. The migraine. Yeah. Walk me through that, and how hard was it to have to sit out of that game on the biggest yeah. stage? Yeah, that was man. Yeah, I the was, second quarter, but yeah, but still, it was, yeah. it was it was it was it was huge. You know, I, I I I've been dealing with migraines since I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. Played in, in mm-hmm. high school games, pop Warner games with them, and I you know I've been managing them in college and pros, and but every once in a while you, you have a breakthrough. But this time it's the Super Bowl. So I'm supposed to take medicine um, two and a half hours before a game okay. so that it gets into my bloodstream and, you know, it works. And it's it's been working pretty good for me. Well, mm-hmm. Super Bowl, I forget to take it because it's, you know, I don't know. I just, just I'm thinking about the game and yeah. I forget to take it. So, you know, I take it right before we go out to the field. And um, and I know it's there. And so now it's in the back of my mind that I forgot to take my medicine. Mm-hmm. So now I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm my biggest fear is that I get a migraine. Oh, and sure mm. enough, end of the end of the first quarter, I get the ball. I'm running right, 
come down hill, I make a cut, and the Santana Dawson trips me, and I hit my head on on I forget the linebacker's name, but I hit my my head on his knee, and it meant to happen. I'm like, you got to be kidding! Me. Like I know it's coming, so mm-hmm. I can't I can't see. I'm I, I black out for a minute. I come back, um, and so I'm waiting, and sure enough. A few plays later, here it comes. I can't see, and I'm like, "You no. got to kidding me!" They would have took you out now. Nowadays, you would have been. Oh, they would have took you at the game, man. Yeah, I they would snatch my helmet up. I yeah, done. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. So, so then I, you know, the, the the famous thing is where I'm we're changing fields, going yeah. down the we're on the goal line, and I got to tell Mike that I can't see. I got to tell somebody so they don't give me mm-hmm. football. So I yeah. tell Mike and. Of course, Mike's response is, well, you don't need to see because, you know, but we but, but we need you in the game. Yeah. Because you're not in there, they won't believe we're going to run it. So I I just sucked it up and said, all right, I'll go there and run that play. But that's my last play, which was the first play in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. I leave the game, go into the locker room, don't come back into the third quarter. And so while I'm in, in the air, I, my, my thoughts are this, that I am I am letting, and I talked to you about this before, yeah. the, the biggest thing is that I'm letting my brothers down. I'm letting everybody that – Got to help get to this point. I'm letting everybody down. Yeah, right. And that's the biggest disappointment. I'm letting my coaches down. My, you know, my boys on the t- on 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 the squad. You know, the city of Denver. Everybody. It's like, damn, man. Like, if we don't win this game, it's basically because of me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so fortunately, man, I, the, the half times are super long. I was able to get some med- some medicine back in uh, back in my system. Cleared out in the third quarter, and um, when I was able to come back in the game, man, I was like, "Thank God!" Yeah, thank God. I think the game yeah, was tied at the yeah. time or something like that. Yeah. It was it was close, and I was like, "All right." And then you know what I did the first play of the game, hmm. or first play from half? I fumbled the ball on the first snap. I fumbled Bang. the ball. <laughs> 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 they kick a field goal. I think they, they yeah, they tied the game 17-17. Yeah. And then I said, all right, TD, stop effing around. Man. We got to go. <laughs> got to stop playing around. Hell yeah. Yes, sir. All right, last half question here. A uh, little, little friendly competition. Prime TD, prime strap. You have a uh, you got a swing pass out to the flats, Chris, <laughs> uh, cover three. So you're you're covering the flats. Who who's winning? Who's winning? Open field. Well, who you think I'm gonna say? <laughs> <laughs> He's not gonna say I'm gonna tackle him, man. If I can do one thing, one thing I can do is tackle. No, yeah, hey, if they want to check my tackling rate, hey, I was the top tackler every year. Yeah, that's and, about and, it. And that's what I love about you. You weren't afraid yeah. to put your head in there, boy. You weren't afraid yeah. to put your head in there. But the one thing I can do is break some tackles. <laughs> 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 hey, right, let's, let's just say, TD, he's going to go forward, but I'm going to grab his legs, man. He's going <laughs> to get, get some yards going man. forward through me, yeah, you know? So when you do this every week, well, once, once a month, how often do you every, do this? Every week, man. Two times a week. Yeah. Yeah. Two times a week. We're, we're right, doing this my, show. Tell my homeboy, E-Dub, e- I said, what's up, man? All right. Oh, yeah. We're going to start bringing all y'all vets in, man. I got to get Steve in. Start bringing all y'all in, man. And, uh, you know, because it's a Broncos network. So we're kind of, you know, we're pubbing all the Broncos and going all through Broncos. Everything so, uh, try to have all the guys on there for sure. 
Yeah. All right. Well, get me back on, man. Get me back on later in the year, man. I'll Absolutely. Oh yeah. Thank you. Oh yeah. Dude, can't stress it enough. I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Yes, everybody. Sir. This has been an incredible episode of Let's Ride. Uh, we cannot wait to get back to next week. The Broncos have a preseason yeah. game this weekend against the San yeah. Francisco 49ers. Excited to see Javante Williams playing that game. Make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Follow us on Twitter at Chris Harris Jr., at Patrick Coyote, at Believe Network. TD, what's your, uh, what's your Twitter handle? My Twitter. It was called X now. Why do we don't <laughs> we don't call it that? <laughs> okay, well, Twitter, I don't even know, man. I, I think it's I think one of mine is like the uh the real Terrell Davis and then one is Terrell underscore Davis. So I don't I'm not sure if one is Instagram. I don't I don't know. Follow either no. one of those. But yeah, Broncos yes, There you go. Uh T D you know, we usually end the show with a with a let's ride, but I feel like for this episode it's only right that we end it with a mile high salute. So, oh yeah, country. Until next time. Let's hit him. Let's hit him. Let's hit him. There you go. Boom. Oh yeah, I had to hit one, man. I think I hit one. The mile high salute. You know when I had a pick six, man. So you got to do it at least one time, man. First two. Yeah. First touchdown. First touchdown I scored when I was playing semi pro ball out here. I hit the mile high salute for you. So yeah. Don't retire. Don't retire that no time soon. No. Not at all. All right. All right. right, Broncos country. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks. That's what our podcast. People are the worst brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel and I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming. And we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to people are the worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.